1: On today's episode of the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast, I'm going to cover a couple of really, really common uh, antibiotics. And I'm going to cover penicillin-type antibiotics. And specifically, I'm going to cover amoxicillin and also the combination of amoxicillin and and clavulanate. So amoxicillin, sometimes referred to as uh, amoxicillin and clavulanate combination, Uh, referred to as brand name Augmentin. And the mechanism of action of all penicillin-type antibiotics is that they ultimately inhibit bacterial cell wall formation. So as the bacteria is growing, producing its components, and and promoting growth, what the drug does is inhibit uh, the production of the, the cell wall, which is obviously required, for the uh, bacteria to continue to grow and and flourish. Now it binds in the penicillin binding protein uh, area or site of the cell wall. Uh, It's a very (laughs) specific name there. So um, that was obviously uh, made up by scientists that found out where they bind in there and that name um, came about from that reason. So pretty easy to remember Uh, where that drug actually binds uh, within the cell wall and as part of that cell wall formation. Now, I did mention one other drug, and that's clavulanate. So the only way this drug is available is in combination with amoxicillin, and again, that's in augmentin. This drug actually inhibits bacteria from becoming resistant or helps reduce the chance... Uh, that there's resistance to amoxicillin alone. And so bacteria, they produce these enzymes called beta-lactamases, and these beta-lactamases can serve a function to break down uh, drugs that we're trying to use to kill them. So the bacteria can break down a drug like amoxicillin and be resistant to it. The clavulanate inhibits that beta-lactamase enzyme, and so that allows for uh, amoxicillin to be more prevalent and do its thing in destroying those bacteria. So it really kind of broadens or extends the spectrum and amoxicillin's ability to uh, destroy bacteria, which is the ultimate goal when we're treating bacterial infections with penicillin-type antibiotics. Amoxicillin and Augmentin are very uh, good at working on gram-positive infections. So a few common uses where gram-positive infections might be prevalent. Uh, Skin and soft tissue infections, uh, ear infections, amoxicillin is often the drug of choice there. Uh, Sinusitis, is uh, bacterial sinusitis is another common example there. Now remember with ear infections, sinusitis, those upper respiratory tract infections, oftentimes many of those can be viral. And antibiotics are not effective against viral infections. I think clinical monitoring is an important piece to remember as a healthcare professional. And oftentimes uh, what you'll see is uh, patients will start to respond pretty quickly if the medication is effective uh, for treating an infection you know usually within two to three days you sh- should start seeing some clinical response um, maybe upwards of, of three to five days but you know if you get to that you know four or five day three four or five day range or beyond and you're seeing no changes um, it might be indicative of something else going on maybe it's a viral infection um, or it may be indicative of the antibiotic not being that effective or or not um, working for that type of infection, or maybe there's some uh, resistance to that antibiotic going on. So clinical monitoring is really important. Uh, Two really big things I think about is temperature. So if we've got somebody that's spiked a temperature, which doesn't always happen depending upon the type of infection, but if we do have somebody that's had an elevated uh, temp or a fever, uh, that's certainly something we can Uh, monitor to assess to see if if the patient is improving. Hopefully that comes back down normal range if it was elevated. And then, of course, symptoms. You know, is the uh, area getting smaller if we're treating a cellulitis? Um, Are the symptoms of, you know, nasal drainage, coughing, um, whatever uh, symptoms that the patient presented with, are those symptoms improving? So two really basic things to kind of think about when we're Uh, monitoring and and assessing the use of of antibiotics in general. Let's get into side effects here. With amoxicillin and with Augmentin uh, side effects, the most common side effect by far is GI. So it could be stomach upset, uh, nausea, vomiting. Probably most common of all the GI side effects that I've seen in, in my practice is diarrhea from these antibiotics. So it's important to educate our patients about that I'm typically going to recommend that patients take these medications with food. Uh, I have had patients take it without food and and do okay with it. Um, But I would say, in in general, from my experience, it seems to kind of ease um, any type of of GI upset and diarrhea, or at least hopefully make it uh, less pronounced uh, if we do a little bit of food with that uh, amoxicillin or Augmentin. There is some potential, certainly, for hypersensitivity-type reactions, uh, maybe a rash as far as the side effect profile goes with uh, amoxicillin and augmentin. Uh, Very, very important to document what exactly happened with that type of reaction uh, because we want to know if we can give uh, that class or similar classes of, of medications Uh, going forward so if patient does have a rash with one of these medications document when that rash happened how widespread it was uh, were there any other uh, systemic system uh, symptoms with that so an example there is was there difficulty breathing was there respiratory problems where that may indicate a uh, anaphylaxis type situation Depending upon kind of that severity and and what happens with that rash, um, it may or may not be appropriate in the future to try to reuse these medications. And obviously, we'd like to have more antibiotics at our disposal um, as a patient gets older and and may need um, antibiotics in the future. We'd we'd like to uh, try to ensure that there isn't a life-threatening reaction or that there is, and we truly can't. Um, reuse these antibiotics so that would be my my advice to you is if you see a reaction patients reporting a reaction definitely um, get good documentation in place as to what happened I've worked with a lot of patients um, that say they had a reaction to amoxicillin when they were a kid um, but they can't remember what exactly happened well it could be diarrhea it could be stomach upset it could have been an anaphylaxis situation so Um, Document, document, and document is so important when you come across uh, these adverse drug reactions and or these uh, allergic reaction type situations. A couple of pharmacokinetic principles I wanted to touch on uh, with amoxicillin and augmentin. Uh, Amoxicillin has a shorter half-life. So what that means is we're going to need to probably dose this a little more frequently Uh, Amoxicillin is typically dosed two to three times per day. Uh, When you compare that to something like uh, azithromycin, for example, which has a much longer half-life, we only have to dose that once a day, for example. Um, So with that uh, more frequent dosing regimen comes the chance for adherence concerns, missed doses, and that likelihood goes up. When we've got to give a dose multiple times throughout the day, so that can be a, a minor challenge. Usually, most patients are fine with that over a 10-day period, um, you know, or a five or a seven or a 10-day period. Uh, but it is something to to keep in mind. If you are having a patient that isn't responding um, clinically, uh, make sure that we actually uh, don't have any adherence issues going on. Another important uh, pharmacokinetic pearl that I, I did want to mention uh, is you may want to keep an eye out for patients with CKD, uh, chronic kidney disease, specifically severe renal impairment. So uh, we're talking, you know, creatinine clearance GFR in the range of 30 mL per minute or less. So that's pretty substantial. Uh, or if you've got a patient on dialysis. Uh, we might need to do some changes as far as the dosing goes there. So if you ever see that diagnosis of chronic kidney disease, you know, maybe stage 4, stage 5, you definitely might want to think about uh, dosing uh, of amoxicillin and that we might need to uh, alter that in that situation. Let's take a break here from our sponsor, meded101.com. Definitely go check out their uh, test prep material resources uh, lots of uh, clinical pearls, great study material there available. Uh, whether it's pharmacist board exams like BCPS, BCGP, or NCLEX content, um, also trying to expand our, our list for uh, med students, nurse practitioners, and, and physicians assistants as well. So um, expanding material there, and um, go f- uh, check them out at meded101.com/store. Let's finish up on drug interactions here. Amoxicillin usually doesn't have too many drug interactions that are, are clinically relevant, uh, so that's a really nice thing. Uh, I will say warfarin's probably one that I've come across uh, where I have seen elevations in INR due to starting amoxicillin, so it might be prudent to check that INR you know, three to five days after starting amoxicillin just to make sure that uh, that INR isn't uh, getting too elevated and our blood isn't getting too thin and increasing the risk of uh, bleeding and bruising and things of of that nature. Uh, Allopurinol is one I wanted to uh, mention. I remember, I think, being tested on this throughout pharmacy school at one point. um, Allopurinol may uh, increase. It's kind of a unique drug interaction. It may increase the potential for uh, allergic reaction, hypersensitivity, rash type reactions. Uh, so I think that is important to kind of remember. It's not an all-out contraindication. You know, we it's not like we can't use these two together, um, but there is potential uh, that it may increase that risk for a type of rash reaction. And one last one uh, that I remember learning in school, I there isn't, I would say, isn't a ton of Clinical utility is probenicid. Uh, Probenicid is actually used uh, in the management of gout and uh, can help lower uric acid levels. Uh, However, they found that it can actually increase concentrations of amoxicillin. And in the uh, olden days, many, many years ago, they they may have actually utilized this to um, increase uh, levels of amoxicillin kind of strategically. Uh, to help improve uh, treatment management of infections and, and get those um, blood levels up higher. So, um, but keep in mind, with higher blood levels may come an increased risk of toxicity and, and adverse effects. So, uh, again, probenicid, I hardly ever see used. I would say the allopurinol, morphine uh, drug interactions are going to be um, a little bit more important. Uh, to keep an eye out for just because those drugs are used a little bit more often in in real practice. So uh, summing up today, uh, yeah, moxicillin, augmentin, commonly used antibiotics, uh, primarily for gram-positive infections. Uh, Augmentin may have a little bit more activity in the the gram-negative arena. Um, Clinical monitoring is important, recognition of uh, bacterial versus viral infection. Uh, is very important, particularly in those upper respiratory tract infections. Uh, drug interactions, generally not uh, too much of an issue with uh, augmentin and amoxicillin. Um, Allopurin and all-warfarin might be a couple to keep in mind there. And for more information, again, reallifepharmacology.com, I've got that top 200 study guide, absolute free resource. Um, go check that out. Get that free downloaded simply by... Uh, following the podcast and getting updated when we've got uh, new content and material available. So, reallifepharmacology.com, go check that out. Leave us a review rating on on iTunes, that's greatly appreciated. And certainly spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your classmates, tell your uh, professors, uh, whoever, um, share it by email, that type of thing about our podcast. That's how it's grown so much already And uh, I'm greatly appreciative of that. So take care. Have a great rest of your day. Hope you enjoyed the podcast.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger Fresh for Everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: Buenos Dias World from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Went and I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeart Radio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know
0: and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.